0: I think for most Americans the term Homeland Security originated in the aftermath of 9-11. What many of us may not know is that Ohio has its own Homeland Security Agency. Its mission, prevention, protection, response and recovery. It works with literally hundreds of other state, federal and local agencies and with the public to carry through on that mission. Today, Richard Zware, Ohio Homeland Security's Executive Director, joins us to talk about the work being done to keep us all safe on Town Hall Ohio. This
1: is Town Hall Ohio, home to interesting people, engaging issues, and enlightening stories. Town Hall Ohio is a production of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation, working to forge a partnership between farmers and consumers, and is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Now, here's Town Hall Ohio host,
0: Joe Corneli. My personal first recollection of hearing the term Homeland Security came from President George W. Bush when he announced that new department after the terrorist attacks in 2001. Here in Ohio, we have an organization charged with keeping similar events from happening and helping us deal with them if, by, uh, if they do uh, happen to occur. Our guest today is Mr. Richard Zware, Executive Director of Ohio Homeland Security. He's joined by Ohio Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President, Jack Fisher. Mr. Zware, welcome to Town Hall, Ohio. Thanks
2: for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Jack, am I the only one that didn't know we had a Homeland Security? Rick, is it agency or or, or, or department? Yeah, we're a
2: division of the Department of Public Safety here in Ohio. Okay. I I was unaware.
1: Well, I didn't know where it was all connected you know we've we've talked about uh homeland security in different venues uh over the years but you know every once in a while i'm not as good as uh government civics as i should be and so it's it's good he's here so we can learn some more and i'm glad (laughs) you're
0: sitting in the room so you can learn too uh if you would rick just tell us about the department its history its purpose mission
2: well although we're probably considered one of the smallest departments or divisions in the Department of Public Safety, we have a a huge responsibility and mission across all of the state of Ohio. But I would even go on to say that, you know, it goes beyond our borders of Ohio. And um, Ohio Homeland Security has a primary mission of ensuring that information is shared appropriately, um, safeguarding information that that needs to be safeguarded, the public's information, uh, or private information as well. You know, so we talk about everything from trying to stop foreign terrorists to uh, cyber criminals and homegrown violent extremists and everybody in between. Um, Ohio Homeland Security does work with um, many different types of partners from the local level, state level, and also the federal partners that you often hear about
1: would be DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and, of course, the FBI. So help me make the connection connect the dots between local government and state and and so on a day-to-day basis or an hour-to-hour basis how might you work with county government in in our local communities the state and then uh, tie it to the federal government
2: well we we of course all know about the failures um, prior to 9-11 occurring in 2001 and um, it's It's obvious now that there were breakdowns in communication uh, from the federal to the state to the local level. So organizations like the Ohio Homeland Security Division were brought about to help bridge that gap in communication and information sharing so that we could better connect those dots that they existed prior to 9-11, but the information wasn't being shared like it is today. So, for instance, when something occurs in the state of Ohio, it is important that Ohio Homeland Security ensures that there is that bridge that occurs between the federal level and the local level. A a great example, um, and and this occurs even in criminal events. Uh, You know, we had an incident that occurred not too long ago uh, where a a subject was uh, at a restaurant here in, in Columbus with a machete and we had we had that attack occur um, here in columbus and uh... we understood as ohio homeland security that even though at the time we were uncertain as to what extent that particular attack had and, and and the reasons or the motives behind it we worked very quickly with our federal partners and our local partners here in columbus to ensure that there wasn't anything that was being missed that the data that we had at the state level was was being shared appropriately with the federal government and also with the local police department here in Columbus and so that's a small that's really a small example of how that occurs every day uh, when we get suspicious activity that's reported in to our center our fusion center and I'll talk a little bit more about fusion centers here in a little bit but our statewide fusion center which is called the strategic analysis and information center takes in tips every day from the public, from other law enforcement, from what we call intelligence liaison officers. And that information is vetted and looked at whether or not there is a criminal nexus or a terrorism nexus, and when I say criminal nexus, to uh, infrastructure protection. So we look at all those things at Homeland Security and determine, is there something that's being missed? Is there a gap that needs to be filled so that we aren't missing something and that we're ahead of the game and the number one purpose, the number one purpose is protecting people. And we can talk about, you know, protecting other things that ultimately protect people. But that's the bottom line as we're coming back to, you know, whether it's protecting infrastructure, uh, power grid, you know, bridges, all those things come down to people.
0: You, you said early on there that, uh, part of the, 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 the findings and looking back on, on nine 11, uh, was a lack of information sharing, and that's why it's so important now. Now, I, I, I read a, a, a Nelson DeMille novel or something, and you always read, you know, the FBI protects its turf, and the CIA doesn't want the FBI to know what's going on, and the local police, they hate all the federal state agencies. How much of it is um, structural, and how much of it is, is we just we
2: needed to learn uh, that, that these were shortcomings?
0: Is, is there turf protection, or was there?
2: Well, what I'm, what I'm learning... Um, as I go, and then I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to say that I do, but I can tell you then now my, I'm worried. <laughs> my In my experience with it, I can tell you this: I think the intent of all of the agencies is to do the right thing. I really believe that um, deep down in my heart. what i What I see is there is certain information that um, at different agencies and different levels needs protected to a certain level, especially investigative material. Because what oftentimes, even within the law enforcement community or, or just outside the law enforcement community and, and certainly with the public, because they're not dealing with it on a daily basis, is that there is certain information that law enforcement is dealing with on a daily basis that if a small strain of it were to be released, it could jeopardize the whole investigation. And oftentimes that's not known or, and it's overlooked that... Um, You know, law enforcement's very protective of certain aspects of the investigation uh, because of that. So what we have to do is we have to be better at balancing the information that we have to protect versus the information that we don't necessarily have to protect so much within our own agencies and be willing to share. And we've done a better job of that over the years.
1: So uh, in a more recent uh, event here is the uh, uh, murders in Pike County, right? Now, would you have been notified early on uh, as things developed? or how, Is that an example of it's a great, it, it's when a great would you example. be involved?
2: <laughs> it's a great example. Not only is information being shared between agencies very quickly today compared to when it was in 2001 uh, across different levels, so from federal to state and to local, but even across local and across state and across federal, it is, uh, it is being shared much more quickly. And for, for instance, that case alone, information was coming into the center. We were made very quickly aware of it uh, from local law enforcement. Of course, you know, the attorney general's office was, was involved in that um, very early on as well because of the scope of the investigation. And so, uh, yes, that, that's a great example of how um, very quickly information was shared on that.
0: Richard Swayer is the executive director of Ohio Homeland Security, Jack Fisher, exec for the Ohio Farm Bureau. We're talking about Homeland Security in Ohio, and uh, you had mentioned earlier the the Fusion Center, Rick, uh, Strategic Analysis and Information Center. Tell us more about what it does in, in helping you do your
2: job. Well, Fusion Center's across the country, and we're one of 53 statewide Fusion Centers, and... Of course, you know, there's only 50 states, so I'm sure the viewers are saying, oh, want, where's the Matt?" there? <laughs> well, of course, there's a, a fusion center in Puerto, Puerto Rico and, and Guam, easy for me to say. Um, but there are also regional fusion centers, and we have two regional fusion centers here in Ohio, one in Cleveland and, and one in Cincinnati, which th- those three centers, our statewide fusion center and the two regionals, make up the Ohio fusion center network. So we agree to information sharing a uh, across those two centers as well. Uh, the reason for the regional centers is because you, know, you have um, two large metropolitan areas with Cleveland and Cincinnati that um, not only have their own unique challenges. You, know, you have the northern border, which a lot of people forget. You know, we have a northern international border at Lake Erie. And with Cincinnati, you've got a, a conglomeration of metropolitan areas um, that border to other states you know, Covington, um, Kentucky, uh, right there against Cincinnati, and you've got Indiana and Kentucky, and and they share information across state lines there. But the Fusion Center Network is designed to allow Fusion Centers to share information across regional boundaries, you know, the two that we have here in Ohio, and across state-level boundaries. So if we need to do a reach-out to another state, information flows into those centers, those statewide centers in other states, that we can quickly begin to share information or try to gain information from another another state that may help local law enforcement. It may help the, the federal government. It may help us protect citizens in our own state by reaching out to them and vice versa. So let's get down to uh, what I think would be a
0: very basic question most Ohioans would want to know, and that is, where are my risks? What are the things that, well, I'm sure there's a lot of things that keep you up at night. Yeah, where do I begin on the yeah. list really, right? <laughs> but but, wh- kind of walk us through some priorities
2: of, of the greatest risks that you're trying to protect against. So, you know, when we talk about risks, we have to kind of walk ourselves back to the things that make us vulnerable first and what we know to be the certain threats. And without going into a whole lot of specifics. A couple things that come to mind, and we we've seen it in other parts of the country is homegrown violent extremism. Okay, we know uh, you know that there are there there are foreign actors um, that want to do us harm, you know, and most of those are outside of our country, but we also know that there are some within our country, and some of those individuals may be um, inspired. Because of their own ideology, and some of them may be inspired by outside ideologies the the problem with those small in, th- those individuals or small groups is they can be at times more problematic to detect. And so you've seen where in cases like San Bernardino, where a couple individuals or a few individuals um, you know carried out an attack in San Bernardino and killed you know tens of people and injured even more that those those types of individuals who stay very close to themselves, stay for the most part in many uh, regards guarded are are oftentimes very difficult to detect. We're going to talk
0: more about uh, what the greatest risks are to those of us who just want to get along in the Buckeye State. We'll continue to have that conversation with the director of Ohio Homeland Security, Richard Swear, he's the executive director. Jack Fisher of the Ohio Farm Bureau will be back on Town Hall Ohio right after this. Our guest in the studio today, Richard Zwayer, Executive Director of Ohio Homeland Security, and with Farm Bureau's Jack Fisher. Rick, we were talking before the break there about some of the things we're, we're most susceptible to in terms of uh, uh, security risks. You talked about terrorism, and, and we're hitting the, the home—I think you called them the homegrown, the, the small groups or the individuals— uh, we typically think more about terrorism, though, on, on the larger scale. I suppose, I hope, that's something you're paying attention to as well.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the other areas that I think affects all of us in, in every area right now to, to the lowest level, to the highest level of government, is is information security and cyber, you know, <clears throat> because government officials are, uh, are quickly getting their arms wrapped around uh, that ongoing issue of, protecting information, protecting your information, and you know it affects businesses, it it affects the private sector, and it affects government in ways I think nobody could have forecasted that it that it did. So Ohio is really um, is one of those states that's really trying to lead the charge on cyber protection. We have um, in our fusion center we have cyber analysts that are working every day on that issue uh... we also are working with federal partners um, in various centers throughout the country who specialize in this at the federal level and we're using best practices to determine how the state can even better bolster our cyber protection whether it's uh... protecting our water resources our energy sector gas oil and electric and all those things but important to the the farming community is protecting food as well and you know m- a lot of people wouldn't say, well, you know, how how do you make that nexus? But it's all interconnected. Jack, I know, I know our members uh,
0: back, starting with the the, the, the the well-known terrorism attacks, and then since then, uh, that that on-farm security, biosecurity, human security, cybersecurity, farmers have to pay attention to those things too.
1: Yeah, we probably are most aware starting with plant and animal biosecurity uh, types issue, issues but, but you know we frequently think about uh you know if somebody wants to do us harm uh, our food system and our various food food sources uh, probably uh, could be a plan of attack so to speak uh then uh, then we're also uh, uh concerned about you know uh A lot of the times, infrastructure and overall logistics can be dramatically impacted, which could, with perishable products and delivery uh, needs for food and water, uh, pretty quick, you know, you you can think of some scary things.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's one of the reasons why it's so important having the, the partnerships that are put in place at Ohio Homeland Security and developed and nurtured with with agencies like the Department of Health, for instance, and and not only covering, you know, biohazards, but also things uh, like Ebola and Zika, that that information is quickly shared. You know, we had the scare up in the Cleveland area and the woman had traveled with Ebola. And I can tell you that our our center was feverishly working on information being shared to to get the right information so we knew what the risks were. We knew what the, the problems were with that and working with uh, you know, agencies like the Department of Health and and TSA, for instance. Who would think Ebola, TSA, but there's a transportation nexus. And so all of those things tie in together. You know, you, you, you talk about, you know, food, water, natural resources, um, quickly moving supplies. Our private-public uh, partnership, the OP3 partnership, is one that's growing and continues to grow every day. Last year, about this time, I think we had a little over a hundred members. Today, we're close to 300 members in that uh, private sector partnership program, which helps us move commodities much more quickly for the state of Ohio. A great example of that was the Toledo water crisis, right, where over 500,000 people were affected by the Lake Erie um, algae bloom. And it was uh, quickly discovered that they needed additional water up there, water resources. Well, the the private uh, partnership that we had established helped move those resources quicker than it could have ever been uh, relayed before. So those are all valuable things that we do uh, and continue to do to improve the posture in Ohio to respond. You know, we're we're all about preventing things from occurring, but we know bad things are going to happen. So how do we best uh, prepare to respond? Or uh, the way it's often said around the Department of, of Public Safety is um, don't just be ready to respond, but be always responding to be ready. And so we're looking at it that way. It's a little bit different twist.
1: No, I I like that. Uh, Now, if I and Joe were to be members of OP3, either as a group or so, what would be our responsibilities and what would be your expectations that we could be helpful as a member of that partnership?
2: Well, of course, there's a, a very rigorous screening process, so we're not sure that you'd... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand. I say that jokingly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, do, we do screen um, those businesses that come into OP3 for a good reason. We want legitimate businesses and there. We have a process in place to make sure that, that legitimate uh, upstanding businesses um, and organizations are a part of that because there is a, a level of sharing that uh, and trust that goes on just like in any business. Uh, that level of trust has to occur within OP3. So we go through a vetting process. We have a point of contact at OP3. You can get on Ohio Homeland Security's website, and OP3 is labeled right there uh, uh, off to the right-hand side of our our homepage and get in contact with our OP3 coordinator who can get you started in the process.
0: Don't, don't feel bad uh, when, when you told Jack you had to qualify. You should have seen his nerves when we had the IRS guy here in the uh-huh. studio. Oh, bet. It, it, it was quite the show. <laughs> but we're going to talk more about Homeland Security in Ohio with the gentleman whose responsibility is to help make sure we do stay safe. Rick Swear, Executive Director of Ohio Homeland Security. Jack Fisher of Ohio Farm Bureau. We'll be back right after this.
1: Tonight, hole in the There's world. a cloud of fear and sorrow. Fear and There's sorrow. a
2: hole in the world tonight.
0: Our guest is Richard Zweyer, Executive Director of the Ohio Homeland Security Agency. Jack Fisher of the Ohio Farm Bureau is with us as well. Rick, before we move on to a couple of other topics, we talked about some of the potential uh, people who want to do us harm. We didn't mention Al-Qaeda, groups like that, foreign terrorist groups. Is that a big part of what you're paying attention to as well in conjunction with the feds and, and other state agencies? Sure,
2: absolutely. You know, one of the things that we we do on a monthly basis is we hold – a briefing at the highest levels we can to share information on what's going on overseas. And when I talk about highest levels of information, as far as screening to the highest levels that we can at the the state level, but on a daily basis we have analysts that are paying attention working with uh, the Department of Homeland Security at the federal level and the FBI uh, Joint Terrorism Task Force to share information regarding foreign terrorist groups and organizations. And, uh, you know, we do a great deal of of monitoring of those types of individuals and, and looking for those kind of crimes. And, and one of the things that we often say within this field is that not all crime is terrorism, but all terrorism has a criminal nexus. And so we're looking for those threads that lead us down that path to detect a, a foreign terrorist on United States soil. Jack, within agriculture, uh,
0: some of the security threats we face aren't man-made, intentional kind of things. Uh, it's the fact that agriculture is a part of nature that we have to contend with.
1: That's right, Joe. In the last, uh, year and a half, uh, director, we, uh, had to deal with, uh, avian flu, uh, outbreak primarily in Iowa and Minnesota but uh, there's some connectivity to migratory birds and, and how that uh, uh, viral disease is spread. Uh, what would be your role in terms of some of those types of going from international risks to uh, things that are directly pertained to our uh, poultry producers and then to all of us consumers because uh, Iowa lost. Uh, half their population of, of uh, layers uh, from that outbreak and you're talking a lot of egg production lost and so the impact to the producer and all the way to each of us as consumers what would be your role in that type of biosecurity well
2: what, what's so uh, what's so important about that is what you just talked about is the cascading effect that occurs after something like that an outbreak happens and uh, I remember when you know, the warnings were going out very early on, and we paid very close attention to what was going on there. You know, of course, it already affected just the notion of um, avian flu um, in, in the local states had an impact on Ohio, even, even as it was limited here. And so we're very conscious of, of how that affects uh, our business, it, let's face it. Uh, you know, it is important that we can continue to operate as much as normal as possible, because when you start to have those types of impacts across Ohio, it affects all types of different areas. It it affects transportation, it affects commerce, it affects our security, and they all are interconnected in that. And so we work very closely with the the Ohio State University, and um, we have uh, members of the epidemiology that... um, that attend those meetings and stay very informed on what's going on, uh, when it comes to those types of issues. Rick Swayer is the director of Ohio
0: Homeland Security, Jack Fisher, executive vice president of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. Uh, let's move on, uh, to, to some of the things that, uh, that the agency does beyond the protection or the prevention and protection. Now, God forbid something really bad goes wrong, a a, a chemical attack, a a biological attack. Part of what your job is is to make sure that we can recover from that. Where where do you start that process of considering
2: what are our first steps if the worst case actually develops? Well, sure. You know, um, we know that bad things are going to happen, and we've said that a couple times already, but, you know keeping things from continuing to go bad is the first step. You know, oftentimes we talk about how do we get down the road of recovery. And, and oftentimes the first step, and we, can, we oftentimes do this through our OP3 program, is that we look to try to reduce the impact that that event or that incident has on the community. And so we can do that by more effectively and efficiently sharing resources that are available We have different assets that are across the state that are not Ohio Homeland Security assets but are other assets that other agencies are willing to share within the state to help with that recovery process or to mitigate and minimize what what takes place. So we have a a law enforcement response plan. We have a fire uh, response plan that allows us to share resources that way. We talked about how OP3 can help move commodity and goods by getting those uh, private sector partners involved early on and making them aware so that they can put things in place to help uh, recover faster.
0: One of the areas that uh, unfortunately seems to be in the news all too much are acts of terrorism and if not terrorism, violence in our schools. We're going to discuss that subject with the director of Ohio Homeland Security, Rick Swear, when we continue on Town Hall Ohio. Welcome back to Town Hall, Ohio. Rick Swear, the executive director of Ohio Homeland Security, is in the studio with Jack Fisher. I'm Joe Corneli. Glad you are with us. Rick, uh, it's uh, a sad fact of life today that all too often uh, it pops up in our, uh, our social feeds or on our uh, favorite news site. Something has gone horribly wrong within our schools. Usually it's a shooter, shooters. It's very troublesome my kids are out of school, but my grandkids are in school, uh, and it doesn't matter if you have kids or not. Danger, violence in our schools is just tough to accept. What's going on? What, why do we seem to see more of this? And uh, not to put too fine of a point on it, what are you doing to make
2: it stop? Yeah, I think the variables are so many, but there are there have been gaps, and, and we know that there have been gaps in the security, and there, they've been a relatively soft target in schools over the years and um, schools have done a great job though of uh, spending the resources that are needed to harden harden the target you know, talking about access points and and those type of things in schools and making it more difficult for strangers to walk in but we cannot forget uh, the fact that many of these shooters are have been students and come from within the school so ohio homeland security's role Um, over the last couple years with the Safer uh, Schools Initiative that the governor has put forth, um, was to help the Department of Education as a partner, because of our security expertise in that area, is to help schools find better ways to continue to harden and improve their emergency management plans. So back in 2014, that's how I was brought into Ohio Homeland Security, was to begin the efforts of, uh, of bolstering up The security in our schools. We developed what was called a TAP unit, a Threat Assessment and Prevention Unit, that were analysts that were going to be dedicated towards taking tips from a from a tip line. I'll talk a little bit about that and how we do that, but making sure that information is coming in regarding our schools. It is a critical infrastructure in the state of Ohio, and you know when we talk about protecting people, there our our opinion is, and I'm sure most people agree or everybody would agree that there's no important people, more important people than our kids.
0: L- let me ask one specific question, and you can answer this either way, uh, whether you have an opinion on it, but I'll ask it this way. Part of the discussion, controversial part of the discussion, is whether or not we should have armed personnel. Some people say teachers or administrators or a janitor that is 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 well vetted. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell me if you think that's a good idea, but is that a legitimate conversation to have?
2: Oh, it's absolutely a legitimate conversation to have. Um, you know, it, it, we can go back a long way to talk about self-protection and people, um, you know, believe very strongly in the right to self-protection, and uh, as I do. And it, it, it goes right back to the schools as well. People feel the need to feel like they can protect themselves and protect the ones that they have a duty to protect. We do that as parents. So, um, it, it's absolutely, uh, a discussion that needs to continue to happen. Um, it's why, you know, in schools throughout the country, we have school resource officers in place that do help provide a level of security. And, um, there, there are ways that we can do it. We just have to continue to talk about it.
1: In fact, uh, we have a similar program, I think, or we still have it in the air with air marshals. Or is, do we? Uh, we do. Is that working?
2: Uh, well, it, from what we've seen so far, yes. And, um, you know, law enforcement um, throughout the country, uh, and we, we, we certainly have a large number of law enforcement agencies throughout the country, over 17,000 different law enforcement agencies throughout the country, who, who do safely carry firearms, they, they protect people, um, and they mitigate threats. When, when things go bad and you have an armed gunman, who do you typically call? You know, you don't call the unarmed security, you end up calling the security that has, has arms to mitigate the threat. But there are other ways that we can do security in the schools, too. And uh, so I don't want to uh, belabor the point, <clears throat> but the conversation is one that we do have. Uh, we do talk about these things, um, and they're important conversations to have to, to harden up the security in our schools. Our guest with us today
0: is Rick Zweyer. He is the Executive Director of Ohio Homeland Security. It is a function of the Ohio Department of Public Safety. Jack Fisher is the Executive Vice President of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. I'd like to remind you that if you'd like to go back and uh, Uh, Go through uh, this with a fine-tooth comb. You can listen to the show again and all of our past episodes of Town Hall Ohio. They are available at townhallohio.org, or if you are on iTunes, you can download them as a podcast as well. We'll be back to wrap up our conversation with Ohio's Homeland Security Director right after this. foot over there must be a Bruce fan. Uh, <laughs> Dustin is uh, in the public information channels with uh, Rick Zwayer, our guest today. He is the executive director of Ohio Homeland Security. Jack Fisher of Ohio Farm Bureau is with us as well. Just real quick, uh, how, how does one end up being
2: a, a director of Homeland Security? I'm sure you have a law enforcement background. Well I do. I, I serve double duty as a captain within the highway patrol. Uh, my, my duties are focused on, on Homeland Security as a captain with the patrol, but, you know, I've spent nearly 24 years in, in law enforcement, um, started out working in various parts across the state as a trooper, um, involved in many types of different investigations, you know, that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily expect a, a trooper to get involved in. Um, everything from the traffic stop to helping out with homicide investigations in, in various ways. So um, one of the things over the years, You know, um, I I served in the capacity of special response in that security realm for four years. Um, I've had command level experience at uh, at the county level and as a post commander served three different counties and worked really well with other agencies like like the sheriff's departments and the police agencies that were great partners with us in in accomplishing a lot of things along the way. Ohio native? I am, yeah. I a native of Hilliard, Ohio, here, and graduated from Hilliard High School, and grew up in the Columbus area. You know, and uh, going back, came from a farm community. Really? Um, yeah, my family were farmers, uh, uh, involved in in Farm Bureau along the way. Uh, my godparents were were on the Farm Bureau board at one time, and and so I knew I liked this guy. Yeah. So <laughs> and I've got a, a small farm I own myself. So. Um, You know, love being around uh, the farming community and love turning soil. I'll I'll tell you that. Uh, Careful, Jack's (laughs) reaching
0: for the membership booklet here, too. So I'll get you up for that. Okay. (laughs) All right. So,
1: well, uh, Rick, we appreciate your uh, public service. And uh, we talk about, uh, you know, farm bureaus about good government and uh, uh, you providing us uh, leadership in in an area that all of us rely on government and I know you're an advocate for us being partners and uh, how might that work and what what can I do as Citizen Jack here in terms of uh, helping Rick do his job in charge of Homeland Security in Ohio?
2: Oh sure that's a great question and you know we're government made up of people right I mean and so you know we've got to have people participating to have a good outcome in government people are never engaged in that no what's going on within their government and i'm a big advocate of that and and their engagement and and what's going on when they see something that's bad in their community is is to let people that can do something about it now and and homeland security can help facilitate that action you know there are cases all over the country where the smallest tip led to an investigation i know of a case for instance that comes up up to my mind is in Minneapolis where uh, a teenage girl uh, made a tip because she saw somebody acting unusually in a storage area and uh, it, it thwarted a, um, a terrorist threat that was, that was very real. Those ha- type of things occur um, on a daily basis. You have, you have an actual tip line we, we should make use we of? Do. The Homeland Security tip line is is one eight seven ohs intel of course, I get asked all the time, well, there's five numbers on the end. You, it helps you remember the fact that that last digit will will taper off. But it's 877-OHS-INTEL. And then you also have a new uh, smartphone app, correct? We do. The Safer Ohio app allows you to uh, send photographs. It allows you to text a message to Ohio Homeland Security, and our analysts are monitoring that application. It goes direct into our, our folks there at OHS. And, um, and it also allows for a 911 capability, so you can ring right into your local law enforcement very quickly. You don't have to remember where you saved anything. You can pull that app right away, uh, pull it up on your smartphone, and send the information you need to and send photos as well. Well, on behalf of
0: the Fisher family, the Corneli family, the Everman family, Rebecca Everman, our producer, Thank you for doing what you do, and uh, keep doing it well.
2: Well, uh, we love doing what we do at Department of Public Safety and Homeland Security, and we, we greatly appreciate you giving us the
0: opportunity to be here today. Rick Swayer, Executive Director of Ohio Homeland Security, Jack Fisher of the Ohio Farm Bureau. We thank all of you for tuning us in this week.
1: Town Hall Ohio is a project of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation and is brought to you with the support of Nationwide, nationwide is on your
0: side join us again next week for town hall ohio